Hello, this is Frank Valvey with Frank's Presents. In our continuing series on the town election, I want to welcome Dave Callahan, who is running for the school committee. Dave, welcome to the studio. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for, for the invitation and for, uh, for showing me around, too. This, this place is, is really fantastic. Dave, where did you grow up? So I grew up in uh, Shrewsbury. And um, uh, I, went, uh, I, I went to Framingham State uh, College at the time, now university, uh, where uh, I got my bachelor's in political science. And uh, I later returned uh, back to Framingham State to get my master's in public administration. Oh. And do you go to Shrewsbury? I went to yeah, I went to Shrewsbury High. I was actually the first graduating class from the the brand new high school that we had just built that that year, and it was it was a you know it was a huge investment from the community, but it was a a just fantastic high school once it was built, you know top of the line, just about everything. It had so many different offerings, both academic, you know athletic and extracurricular. And uh, yeah, and I was uh, uh, was the first graduating class uh, from uh, from Shrewsbury High. Have you had a chance to visit the Franklin High School? I have, uh, and really, well, predominantly just during Election Day, yeah. I must say. Uh, I think uh, when it was initially built, yeah, we kind of got to go and, and, and check it out. Uh, but then, otherwise, every Election Day, we'll we'll go on in there and we'll see it. Mm -hmm. And uh, just just a couple of years ago, my daughter's uh, artwork was uh, presented. They had uh, all of. I think it was all the elementary school. She's over at Kennedy, mm -hmm. uh, but what her art piece was uh, selected to be uh, presented in the halls of the high school, and so they had an art exhibition one night at the high school that we were able to go to and and check out all the incredible work uh, from the artwork all across uh, the K to 12 schools. Dave, uh, what brought you to Franklin? So uh, in 2010, uh, my wife and I we uh, we had just gotten married and uh, looking to start a family. And so we started taking a look at uh, you know all the communities that were around, and we really zeroed in on Franklin pretty quickly, uh, largely because of just the excellent educational system that it had to offer. And uh, in the end, so we we, we found uh, found a great house, um, and, uh, and and been here ever since. And uh, now getting to start to to raise the kids in that great educational system that we uh, that we were looking for you know over a decade ago. How many children and how old are they? So uh, my oldest daughter, uh, Michaela, is 10 years old, and she's over at uh, Kennedy. He's a fifth grader. And then my little guy, Teddy, is uh, he's four. He's in pre-K right now and uh, is, is so excited to next year to actually be a big kid and get to go to, uh, to the school as a kindergartner. Dave, what do you do in public administration? So I work in the, uh, working in the public sector. And uh, a large aspect of my job involves policy writing, mm -hmm. and uh, it, like public policy in terms of you know researching uh, policy, writing it, and also especially just implementing it and training others to mm -hmm. to kind of be able to follow it, and uh, especially kind of when writing it to writing it clearly and concisely, mm -hmm. so that it could be you know easily understood by by all, both you know uh, you know individuals that I work with, and the outside community as well. So why are you running for the uh, school board or the school committee? So for me, it, um, it began the uh, summer of 2020. And you know, this was when uh, Franklin had to send out those pre-release, uh, those non-renewal letters to all the, the teachers and faculty, 103 teachers mm -hmm. that were told you know, we weren't sure if they'd be able to, to, have, uh, to rehire them in the fall. Right. 
And it was that, that same summer where if you tuned into the school committee meetings, you would hear, you know, again and again how, you know, across the whole Commonwealth, if you, you know, when you kind of rank uh, the districts and how much they're spending, you know, their expenditures per pupil, that, that Franklin was ranking in the bottom 25%. It was that summer, you know, it was a splash of cold water on my face that really made me to take a look into the financial picture of, of Franklin and to take a look at, at just everything that had been going on that, that you know, um, far more closely and also what was about to happen and what could happen in the years to come. And, you know, I, we, my wife and I, like I said, we, we came to this community because of the exceptional educational system that it had to offer. And, and we've seen that over these 10 years. And I really wanted to, to toss my hat in the ring and offer my support to ensure that that educational exceptionalism continues in the, the next 10 years and the 10 years after that. Dave, do you know, you mentioned 25%. Uh, do you know how that 25% is figured? Uh, yes, well, um, it's when kind of calculated between our investments, uh, what the state offers, and then also what comes in from the federal government as well. Um, but yes, when I had uh, started to hear about that 25% that figure, I had to kind of take a look into it myself. Um, and so I kind of I went on the state's website where you can kind of pull the, uh, all of the, all the financial information that's out there. And I, I went and I tossed it all into Excel and you know, kind of ranked it myself just to take a look at it to see yeah. where those numbers were falling. Um, and uh, I had put out online a, uh, a little uh, statement uh, yeah. saying where we stand to kind of illustrate exactly where that is. But yes, to kind of see uh, with, with my own eyes and taking a look at the numbers exactly where that fell and where those numbers were, were coming from and being derived yeah. from. So, so you are aware that what excuse is, is, is the number or makes the number look the way it does is because Franklin is a fairly wealthy community mm -hmm. and <coughs> places like Lawrence, um, Lowell, Boston, Revere, Chelsea, they get a lot, much larger share of state and federal funding because their income in those communities is much, much lower. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir, yeah. And, uh, and, but I, and that, um, I know that Franklin had received, and I think their, their state funding is it's only second to, to Boston, um, but that uh, it hadn't you know, there's, there's been a lot it of social... Down, it went down because of the income, wealth in Franklin, went up. Exactly, yeah, there's and, been a lot of social... And the other thing that I'm not sure of, but is the pension part of the school commitment on the town side and not on the school side? To be honest, that one, I would have to take a look at myself. Yeah. I was just taking a look at... Um, over on, on Franklin Matters, uh, they had uh, there was an HR uh, presentation uh, during town talk, yeah. and uh, the the HR um, presentation did include pension information, but I would have to kind of circle yeah. back to. So, all, all I'm pointing out is mm -hmm. I'm not sure that that percent or number is as important as the educational needs of Franklin. Are they financially being met? And are, in fact, are they being met better in Franklin than in other communities? Yeah, so, when you, so in terms of are they being met, I mean, the answer is a resounding yes. 
you know, Franklin uh, has consistently maintained just an exceptional educational status. Um, and, you know, in terms of the, the product that we're able to deliver, deliver, in terms of the class sizes, all the needs are absolutely abundantly being met. However, there's also been a number of programs uh, that had to have been cut, including like the world languages at the elementary school levels. There's been a number of user fees that continue to be added and increased across the entire family to continue to kind of maintain a balanced budget. And so, you know, yes, the educational needs are still being met uh, by, uh, you know, from the, through the district to the families involved. However, it's been more and more difficult to achieve that. And the school committee and the district and the, the town itself has had to continually come up with new and creative solutions to be able to, to meet those needs while still balancing the budget. Because as you say, um, the level of support that the town has received has certainly kind of changed over the years because our, our socioeconomically, the town itself, uh, the Franklin itself has, has considerably changed. And we certainly kind of have to take a look at the horizon to see what will happen in the future, what's going to happen in the next five or ten years when, you know, certainly it seems like Franklin is just, its trajectory is going to continue to, to go up. Um, and how we're going to be able to balance that and balance the reduction of the state uh, level of funding with the number of services that the community, you know, certainly wants and expects and to be able to kind of continue that educational exceptionalism across our, our system. Franklin has both percentage-wise and numerically-wise one of the largest populations in Massachusetts under the age of 18. Uh, drug, alcohol in the high school, safety in the high school. Is there anything as a parent that you have experienced or feel is missing in the town of Franklin? I see. Well, so um, just for that, that last point, in terms of um, drug, alcoholic, substance abuse, do you know like the SAFE Coalition has been doing incredible work uh, to, to work with the community and work with the family on issues of, of substance Have abuse. you felt that as a parent? Uh, thank goodness um, I haven't. No, as far as information goes, as far as. I haven't, um, personally, as a, as a parent, uh, you know, my children haven't, you know, my oldest is, is only just in, in fifth grade. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, so thank goodness, um, you know, that a lot of that information hasn't kind of come on down to us and, and necessarily hasn't, you know, no. um, but. You know, I do know that uh, at the middle school and at the high school level, the Safe Coalition is doing incredible work. Yeah. Um, to kind of speak to you know to my own children, um, you know, and, and their needs, uh, the, the town is certainly doing a tremendous job. Uh, there is, ver you know, never a time where you know there's not some activity being done. Uh, you know, like uh, between you know, like the Parks and Rec uh, are offering some incredible. Uh, you know, we've you know played uh, softball. My you know daughter's in softball right now, uh, and we've done you know soccer uh, every single year. There's so many great parks uh, for that. I love uh, bringing the kiddos to. Right now, our favorite has been Delcart, uh, between the the great playground that they have over there, and then also the incredible uh, walk around, uh, the hike through the woods, and especially now that they're, I believe it's the library is bringing in uh, the story walk. To be able, so that as we're, it's me and my, my little guy are the ones most often going, 
uh, you know, walking around uh, yeah, a la Delcarte. And as we're going, as we're looking for, for snakes and, and uh, uh, some fish and some uh, frogs, we're also going around reading the stories on the right. story walk, which is Great. fantastic. Uh, so no, I think the town is certainly kind of, you know, um, is has so much to offer. And I know at the middle school and the high school level, there's a tremendous level of uh, extracurricular activities and clubs uh, that are coming around as well. And uh, but I'd certainly be interested if if the community, you know, has other input and, and you know, thinks that there is a need for a, you know, for a teen center, a community center, or for other activities where the, the town can kind of come in. Um, but uh, but I do think that there's a lot that the town, uh, that Franklin already is able to contribute and provide to that extent, though. Dave, the town of Franklin recently received a million dollars as part of the coronavirus uh, uh, plan. Unfortunately, they can't spend it for past money mm-hmm. that they've already spent. They have to spend it for future. And I'm not sure that that money may already be spent before you ever get on the school committee board. But do you feel that money is uh, is being recommended to be spent in the right areas? What I um, what I think is what I love what I'm seeing right now uh, through the superintendent's uh, reports is you know they certainly kind of have some some great priorities. But I think kind of more importantly is, is almost like the methodology because, as you said, there's a lot of this money might be spent before, you know, even, you know, before I'm, I'm, I'm up and running right. on the board. Um, with the ESSER three funding, like the latest round of, uh, of uh, this funding, there's, there's a number of strings attached. And the biggest one is that all funding has to have been spent by September 30, 2023. And... So I think that the fact that they already have some priorities set and know where they're going to be spending the money is is truly is absolutely fantastic. So when I was um, before coming to Franklin, I was on um, sort of the Needham on the traffic committee, and uh, during this time, this is when uh, uh, Governor Deval Patrick uh, was in office, and the kind of like the big buzzword that everyone was talking about was shovel ready projects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so because they knew that there was going to be a lot of money coming on down the pipeline and that those communities that can, you know, get the funding today and start digging tomorrow were the ones that were actually going to get those projects funded. Mm-hmm. And because of that, because of that, that kind of like that quick turnaround, because time was, was always of the essence, uh, you know, I think there was certainly some communities that had to, you know, maybe put, uh, reprioritize and put projects that maybe weren't necessarily at the top of the, the hierarchy of what they actually needed to get done, but knew that they could immediately put, you know, shovels in the ground to get that accomplished. The fact that the superintendent and the school committee are already working on determining how to spend the money that needs to be spent by September of 2023 is fantastic because it's, it's really kind of showcasing a long-term uh, thought process where they're able to say, all right, you know, what are the hierarchy of the really the, the needs of the, the, the school, of the district, of the community at large? How can we make sure that we're properly spending all those funds, especially to make sure that by, you know, by October 1, 2023, we're not returning any of that money, that all of it's properly spent, without us all of a sudden having to realize, like, oh, we, you know, we've only got six weeks, we've got six months, we got to start spending this money, because I can, you know, I can, there's going to be a lot of communities that are going to be in that boat, you know, summer of 2023, that realize they still got, you know, this much money in, in that bucket, and they got to spend it, 
And so I, I love the fact that uh, the superintendent is already looking forward to say, we, we know we have this much money, we know this money has to be spent by this date, and here is the best way that we can do that, and we can fund a lot of the projects that need to be spent. In that grant money, mm -hmm. there are restrictions on how you need to spend the money, mm -hmm. and there are state restrictions, what is commonly called unfunded liabilities, that the state or the federal government impose upon the town of Franklin. Uh, do you have, uh, is that from a policy point of view a good idea that, that the state and the federal government can uh, uh, say to towns, you need to do these things? Or is that not a good idea from a town perspective uh, being responsible as a town? I think a lot of those those um, unfunded liabilities, the unfunded mandates, in in theory, you know, typically what's what's kind of coming on down is is oftentimes you know um, you know there's a lot of great thought behind some of these ideas and some of these concepts, but what happens is that when the communities kind of come down with, with uh, the state passes down a mandate without the proper funding to enforce it or implement it, we're really left holding the, the check at the end of the, the day. And what happens is as our you know, budget gets tighter and tighter and tighter, there's this whole area of these unfunded mandates that, that our budget has to allocate for and that we can't do anything about. And we just have to continue to kind of fund that and, and then get creative with the rest of the budget. And that's where sometimes we have to look and, and we have to fund some of these mandates and consider increasing user fees or consider cutting some programs. But thankfully, the, the state, though, does have a path forward for that, where if, um, and something that I've, I've talked about uh, along the campaign trail and at the, the candidates' night as well, that you know, uh, on I want to be able to hit this ground running by addressing and highlighting the unfunded mandates that that we have. Because what happens is, do you have can, a specific one that you'd like to mention? I'd like to be able to really take a hard look at at each individual one, and because there's there's benefits to so many of these mandates that are out there, and but what we need to be able to do in order to kind of successfully kind of, you know, try to secure funding uh, or work with the state is to be able to kind of pull each one of them out and to be able to kind of take a look at uh, the specific kind of cost uh, of each one. Because once we're kind of taking a look at, at some of these unfunded mandates, we can talk to the state auditor's office to kind of request like a financial assessment of the actual mandate itself, a really like detailed report of the economic impact that these are having and then work with our state leaders to be able to kind of find solutions either funding for or exemption from some of the mandates. But the, the first goal, though, is to, uh, for you know, this entire community, to really kind of take a hard look at each one of these items and uh, be able to start to, to pull them out and pull them apart from the big uh, you know, kind of jumble that they are right now. Dave, what assets or training that you've had are you bringing to the school committee that would be important as a member of the school committee? So um, I think, you know, one aspect, as I, as I mentioned with, um, you know, with, with my job and my work in the public sector, is uh, dealing a lot with policy. And so I certainly hope to be able to, to 
um, on the for the school committee side to really be able to to look at the policies uh, to help to you know if necessary to rewrite uh, some of the policy that uh, is is guiding this community. Would you to, like to be assigned to the policy committee? It would certainly be something I would be. I would be asking uh, and, and looking forward to. Um, you know, for instance, there's one. Um, um, you know, one of the things uh, there's um, right now. It's it's listed under um, non uh, non uh, budgeted donated funds, and uh, the the policy itself, from what I've been kind of told by by other uh, teachers in the district, is that it can make it difficult to kind of donate to a classroom directly. And so um, what I would love to be able to do is to take a look at, at each of our policies and especially, you know, and to find out, um, you know, is it possible to, to rewrite some of this policy to make it, in this case, uh, for that specific one, a little bit easier to, uh, to be able to, to make sure that each of our educators have access to all the resources that they could potentially have available to them. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that would be a good policy if it's difficult to directly donate to a classroom because you could have uh, a millionaire granddaughter in that classroom and if you have easy access to donate specifically to that classroom I don't think that's necessarily helping the whole educational system that's helping her, that person's grandchild absolutely no, we certainly wouldn't want to kind of have you know, wealthy heirs coming in and just kind of directing all the funds just to, to one particular classroom. Um, but, uh, for instance, uh, there was, I have a, a friend who, uh, her classroom, what she does, she kind of requests about like 20 individuals to donate, um, uh, uh, 10 individuals to donate $20 a piece. And what happens is with, uh, with that donation, um, you're kind of like supporting the Scholastic Book of the Month Club for each of the children in her classroom. And so for one month, you kind of you go and you donate mm -hmm. the books to that one child. And it's something that I've been been told in in, um, in our community. It's not something that's that's easily available yeah. for the teachers to kind of go out and to to kind of request that. Dave, one of the important things the school committee is going to do is elect a chair. How would you consider, or what is your criteria that you're going to use to elect a chair of the school committee? Something that I'll certainly be looking for is someone who is, is clear and concise, but also transparent in all of their messaging. Um, is someone who is able to, to have a, a strong understanding of you know, Robert's Rules of Order, to be able to keep uh, the each meeting running properly and orderly, uh, while at the same time still being able to um, to be able to communicate between both the members of the committee and the community very easily. The main purpose of the school committee is to elect a superintendent or select a superintendent. Do you support the current superintendent? Dr. Ahern has done an amazing job throughout, especially throughout this, this COVID period. Really, the, um, the, the superintendent, her entire staff, uh, the, in the current school committee uh, members, what they had gone through during these 19 months is, is uh, you know, unprecedented has been said 
countless times before, but it's certainly nothing that, that any of them had signed up for when they initially, both the school committee members uh, ran and uh, Dr. Hearn when she accepted this position. She has, uh, she's done a fantastic job throughout uh, the entire COVID process and I look forward to being able to work with her in a more stable and, and normal uh, times as well. Dr. Hearns in the superintendent's position, main responsibility is to hire principals mm -hmm. and, and then the principals to hire their staff. And, and even from a state level, even in the selection of, of books for history or social studies or the curriculum, parents have kind of absolutely no say in, in how that is done or input. Would, how would you set up better parent uh, administration, uh, uh, teachers' conversations over, over what curriculum and what maybe even what book, textbook should be uh, selected? Well, I could, I could say, um, you know, certainly one thing in terms of like what, what books to be selected. Um, as if elected as a school committee member, um, one thing that I find, you know, really valuable is to, to increase the diversity in our literature. Um, it's, you know, something where, um, you know, having just more diversity in, in all of our literature from, you know, uh, down, you know, K to 12, really what it offers is it kind of provides both mirrors and windows for all of our students. Um, you know, a, a mirror where you know an individual who maybe doesn't always see themselves as like the hero uh, of the in the book can can see themselves. They can see themselves reflected back in the book. But also for the window, if uh, if a child is reading about a culture that's different, or uh, you know from from what they're traditionally exposed to, being able to provide that diversity in literature really expands their worldview. You know, so uh, you know certainly one thing is in terms of how can the the parents kind of have input. You know, if, if that is something that some parents find valuable, that's something that I'll be supporting as a school committee member. Dave uh, Callahan. Yes, sir. Running for school committee. Is there a question that I haven't asked you that you just love to talk about? Um, no, you know, we, we, uh, we really discussed... Um, you know, we had a, had a wide range of, uh, of conversation. I really, truly appreciate the opportunity to kind of come in front of you? Well, let me give you an opportunity. Yes, sir. If people want to reach you, okay, or be part of your campaign, learn more about uh, your stand and beliefs and why you want to be on the school committee, how can they do that? Absolutely. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm included in the Franklin Voter Guide. I have uh, interviews with uh, that were that posted on Franklin Matters. I was at, uh, you know, they could find uh, the uh, the clip in the entirety of the the candidates night uh, online uh, and also I believe it's it's playing uh, on Franklin TV on public access uh, you can also um, reach out I'm on Facebook it's Dave Callahan for school committee I have a page I'm posting a lot of information about myself and uh, in this campaign and why I'm running Dave thank you for coming Frank, thank you so much. I really, truly appreciate the opportunity. This is uh, Frank Falvey and Dave Callahan. We want to see you on November 7th, 2nd, 2nd at the Franklin High School Gymnasium. 
between 6 and 8 o'clock, or we certainly hope that you vote by mail or go to the town clerk's office, because this election in the town affects your pocketbook more than the presidential election. So if you're concerned at all about your pocketbook and how the town is run where you live, go out and vote. Thank you, Dave. Hey, thank you all very much. And uh, to, uh, to everyone watching, uh, thank you so much. Um, and uh, to all the candidates as well, um, you know, best of luck on November 2nd. And, uh, and, and I hope to, to have your support uh, personally for, uh, for school. Thank you, Frank. This program was made possible by your Franklin friends and neighbors. Good folks, just like you. Thanks for supporting Franklin TV. And thanks for watching.